There has to be some common sense. Yes, sir, they have the car stopped in town and branch microbiter. We still don't know who pulled the trigger. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Police Off the Cuff, Real Crime Stories. I'm your host, retired NYPD Sergeant Bill Cannon, 27-year veteran of the NYPD. And a little later on, retired NYPD Detective Phil Grimaldi will join us. As for now, we got a very, very serious missing person case from California, uh, just north, I believe, of, uh, of Lake Tahoe. But these types of cases are really baffling and very difficult for law enforcement because even though there's so many people around trying to get people who have been drinking, maybe using drugs, to remember things and to, to remember the face or, or, or vehicle or seeing something unusual is very tough. Um, the boyfriend of a missing 16-year-old uh, Kylie Rodney has revealed that he told her to be safe just hours before she vanished from a party at a California campground as cops released a chilling image of the sweatshirt she was wearing at the time. A frantic search is underway after Rodney was last seen at an end-of-school party near Prosser Family Campground in Truckee, just north of Lake Tahoe, about 12.30 a.m. on Saturday. Her boyfriend, Jago Westfall, told Fox 40 on Wednesday that the couple had been texting before she went to a party, and he told her, okay, be safe. Don't, like, do anything stupid. Westfall said he sent a follow-up message, excuse me, a follow-up message complaining about his day, and Rodney sent her final text to him a few hours later. At 10.30 p.m., she responded to what I was saying and just said, oh, I'm sorry that you're going through that, Westfall said, and that was the last time I heard from her. It's not clear where Westfall was when the couple exchanged the text. Not that important. A boyfriend's revelation came as the Placer County Sheriff's Office released an image on Wednesday of the sweatshirt Rodney had with her at the party when she went missing. The sweatshirt had a disturbing Lana Del Rey song lyrics brandished across the, uh, that read, you don't want to be forgotten. You just want to disappear. Authorities are treating her disappearance as a potential abduction because the car she was driving, a silver 2013 Honda CRV, hasn't been found. Rodney's cell phone has also been out of service since the party, according to the sheriff's office. Her mother, Lindsay Rodney Neiman, said her daughter texted her late Friday night, saying she was going to leave the party in 45 minutes and was coming straight home. I told her to be safe, that I loved her, and she said, okay, mom, I love you too. Rodney Lehman told ABC News earlier this week she uh, never came home. The distraught mom reported Rodney missing after she woke Saturday morning and realized the teen wasn't home. I called her and sent her text to and she didn't answer, Rodney Neiman said. That's when I knew something was wrong. Rodney Neiman said it was extremely out of a character for her daughter not to respond to her text messages. <sighs> This is a very, uh, a very difficult case because this seems to be out of character for this young girl. There were over 300 young people 
at this uh, sort of, I guess, end of the year party. Uh, and people, of course, were drinking. Uh, there were people there probably that other folks didn't recognize. The, the real scary thing, and one of the reasons I think the police find this to be super suspicious, the fact that uh, she's only 16 years old. Uh, Kylie is 16 years old. And she had a vehicle with her. And not only have they not found Kylie Rodney, but they have not found the vehicle. And the fact that they also have not found her cell phone and the cell phone was off after a certain time, that's, that is also very concerning. And the police are rightly taking this super seriously. And I think that they, out of their mouth, they were saying that they fear this could be an abduction. And I think their fear is warranted. You now think a missing 16-year-old girl who vanished over the weekend may have been abducted. 16-year-old Kylie Rodney was last seen Saturday morning around 1230. She had been at a party with other high schoolers at a campground. Her mother says Kylie sent a text saying she was headed home, but no one who was at the party saw her leave. Asked her to wake me up when she got home, like she always does, and she said, okay, and thanks, Mama, love you. And that's the last I ever heard from her. Investigators say Kylie's phone hasn't been on since it pinged at the party, and her silver Honda CRV is also missing. The missing car is why investigators believe she may have been abducted. If you have any information about Kylie, call the Placer County Sheriff's Office. Folks, the fact that her cell phone could be off, yes, that's very, very suspicious, super suspicious. And the fact that they have not yet found her vehicle, yeah, extremely, extremely suspicious. This is a picture of her on the day she went missing. This was from uh, some business. They didn't identify the business. But this was taken at about 6 or 6.30 p.m. So this just gives you an indication of what she was wearing. Uh, it doesn't give you um, an indication of who she was with, um, who's around her. Uh, so what the police are doing, and especially in all of these missing person cases, they want to try to collect cell phone video from anyone and everyone that was at this, uh, this event. Because potentially cell phone video of Kylie Rodney could have the periphery around her. And that could definitely identify someone else that was around her. And potentially her, if, if, if this was a kidnapping, it could identify the person that, that abducted her. And I'm not, I don't think they have enough. Look, we, they know right now there's foul play here. They don't have enough to say that this was an abduction. They're working on this. Uh, the way you work any kidnapping, of course, I would interview every single person that was at that event. Uh, I'll go through some of the other investigative resources that they should be using. But this is really, this is, I, I have almost no doubt that this is a, a case of foul play. Information and facts. We realize there will be more questions, but we're pleased directing anybody to contact our Unified Command Center through our tip line. And we will help answer those questions as best we can. Now for the operational and investigative side of the investigation into Kylie Rodney, I'd first like to introduce 
Placer County Sheriff's Detective Sergeant Scott Alford. Uh, first of all, thank you everybody for coming out. Uh, this is an amazing community. We appreciate the support for the family. We appreciate everybody's concern. Um, just to let you know from the investigation side on the missing persons investigation, we are working with um, local, state, and federal agencies. We're using every tactic we can to try to get any information. Any tip that comes in, where we're taking all the tips from the tip line, from any means, whether it's emailed, uh, called in, uh, through the conversations with kids that we met with here at the community center, those are all being chronolo uh, chronologically put into our tip um, uh, spreadsheet, and we're addressing those. Uh, prioritizing them and we're taking a look at every single one so uh no we don't if you think you have information and you don't know if it's relevant we want it we want any information because we'll follow up on any and every lead that we can obviously we have to prioritize them uh, so that we can focus our resources and so those who had uh, first-hand contact uh, with kylie who uh, interacted with her uh, near the time uh, that she was last seen those take uh, priority but we're looking at you know video that we're sending in, anything. We're looking at timestamps so we can create the best timeline possible, take all that information and we're committing all the resources we can to follow up. Thank you. Next, I'd like to introduce Nevada County Sheriff's Office Sergeant Hack, who will be speaking more on the search and rescue efforts surrounding the search for Kylie. Thank you, Sergeant Dennis Hack, Search and Rescue Coordinator for the Nevada County Sheriff's Office. Uh, I want to let you know at this time we have over 16 agencies involved in our search effort. Um, in the field right now, we have over 100 volunteers. Those volunteers are searching on foot. We're using canines. Uh, we're using vehicles, including motorcycles, UTVs, Jeeps, and such. Uh, we're using air assets to assist in the search, and we're also searching on the water using boats. Uh, as of this meeting right now, we've logged over 1,500 man hours in our effort. We received information on Saturday of the initiation of a, the missing persons report. Uh, we moved into a unified command with Placer County and started conducting a search and rescue operation in Nevada County. Throughout Saturday and Sunday, the incident was handled by Placer County and Nevada County. Um, as the event expanded, we reached out to partners uh, at the state level and also federally uh, to assist us in the search. You know, folks, I don't like when they go over how many partners they have, how many searches they've done. Every search, especially a suspicious search like this, one of the most important things they have, they need a tips log, tips from the community. And they need to have that 800 number or 1-800-577-TIPS, whatever number they use in their jurisdiction, because tips are going to be very important in this case. The other thing that really scares me a little bit about this case is that A, her cell phone was turned off, and B, her vehicle hasn't been found. That's that. Those are two bad indications of potentially foul play. And so far, no one has seen her since you were talking Saturday morning at uh, 1230 a.m. was the was when she was reported missing. Uh, 
I don't think anyone has seen her or spoken to her since 10.30 on that Friday night. So this apparently, uh, when you talk to her mom, and her mom is the reporter, this is very much unlike her. There's her mom, of course, a heartbroken mother. Uh, this isn't uh, her typical behavior. She uh, calls in, she texts in. Um, her boyfriend was not with her at this location. Um, so what does law enforcement have and, and where do they go from here with this case? Obviously, they got aerial searchings. They should probably have drones up in the air. I think they had two helicopters up in there. It's it's disheartening right now that they have not yet found her. It's extremely disheartening and leads me to believe that there is definitely some foul play here. Um, but we got to just keep all the people that were at that event I, I believe there was over 300 young people there. Most of them probably were drinking or doing drugs of some uh, of some sort. That doesn't matter. At least they're not concerned with that. What they're concerned with is finding Kylie and having people come in and surrender their cell phone video. That is so important. That's how they caught the uh, Boston Marathon bombers, and that's how they're going to catch whoever did this. How about also someone that was there that maybe was older than the rest of the kids? Someone that looked out of place. Was that person or persons viewed by by a lot of people there? Could that, that person be the person that abducted Kylie if, in fact, that occurred? But right now we're talking this is not looking good. This is not – nothing has shown up. Her cell phone hasn't shown up, her vehicle, and, uh, of course, not her either. So – how about, I don't know specifically the terrain of this area. How about uh, pole cameras, you know, vehicle cameras, red light cameras, um, cam surveillance cameras that are out there, surveillance cameras that are in, um, in businesses around there, truck stops. All of those things, are they're voluminous to check and a lot of work to check, but they have to check all those things. Bill, what do you think? Well, first, I'd like to just apologize to everybody for coming on late. I thought we were going on at 8.30. My timing was a little off. But, Bill, it's so funny how you and I think alike because I wrote down in my notes before we went on the air, cameras, cell phone, interviews of witnesses. You went over several of those things already. Social media of the victim. That's what I'd be looking at to see if there was plans to go somewhere else. Maybe there was someone stalking her on social media. I think that's a particular one that I'd really like to look at. Uh Again, uh, you, you hit some real great points. Uh, responding to this thing initially, if I was on the scene, I'd want to do a complete search of the area, meaning the location where uh, this party was being held. 16-year-old kids, 18-year-old kids, whatever it is, that age group, they tend to take pictures of everything. When I go out to dinner with my children, uh, my wife too, uh, they're taking pictures of everything, video uh, people are doing TikToks in the background. So again, that's very, very important. I think that's the key to this is going to be social media, uh, video of people that were at the party, any videos they took. And then obviously, like you pointed out, Bill, if there's a traffic cameras, poll cameras, any type of surveillance systems, ring doorbell cameras in the area, we want to see about if they could figure out about the time that she went missing uh, who left the area, things like that, indicators like that. Again, the suspiciousness of the fact that the phone seems to have been turned off, very suspicious Suspicious there. Major red flag, Billy, I agree with you on that. Again, it does appear that there is some type of foul play here since 
She didn't have a history of running away or anything like that or losing contact with her family. Uh, I'd also like to find out from friends, uh, interviewing her closest friends, uh, did she use narcotics? Uh, is it possible that she wandered off and, and fell down, hit her head maybe, things like of that nature. So uh, a deep dive into the victimology as we always talk about. I want to know everything I can about the victim, the social media aspect of it, and then all the surveillance cameras. And again, the, her phone, even though it has been turned off through the cell carrier, they could pick up text messages that had gone through perhaps that day, at that time, even earlier, the day before, whatever it is, uh, emails, any type of uh, TikToks or any type of uh, social media activity. I want to know all of it. If she went on Snapchat, if she's got an account, Facebook, things like that of that nature. You have to really do a deep dive to get uh, some whereabouts on what took place before. That's always very important, whether it be the day before or uh, in the, even the minutes leading up to the party. Very, very important. Yeah, you know, um, her fr her friend was um, supposed to get a ride home from her that night. Uh, however, she was able, she left earlier. Uh, let me see if I can find that. She left earlier and uh, texted her earlier and said, I'm not going to need the ride home. So uh, here, let me bring up her friend right here. And we'll play a little bit of this. Well, that's also a little bit of a red flag there, Billy. I'd want to get a real hard, solid interview of that. Girl. Well, look, this was a big party and kids, you know, kids mix and match, you know. Sure. Uh, people meet someone at a party and they may go off with them, you know. Sure. I drank out of and there was nothing that seemed off about her. She called her and I sent her texts too and she didn't answer. And so that's when I knew that something was wrong because it was already so out of character. The family of 16-year-old Kylie Rodney pleading for answers tonight as the search continues in Truckee. And as ABC 10's Lou Clary explains, emotions are running high as there is still no sign of the teenager. We urge the public to please, if A plea to the public for anything that will help bring home 16-year-old Kylie Rodney, still missing five days later. We're struggling with clues, and so uh, searches aren't super successful if you don't have a direction of where to search. She was last seen around 12.30 a.m. Saturday near the Prosser family campground at a party that night alongside 300 or more young people. Please, 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 if you have any further information, for us, call that tip line. Authorities releasing these three new images. I'm gonna start with the photo on the very right. Seen in a black bodysuit and green dickies at a trucky business the night she disappeared. And this image of a hoodie someone lent her that night. And this, the clearest photo yet of the silver 2013 CRV she drove, which is also still missing. This is Tahoe, this is supposed to happen here, you know? Her family asking for help at a community meeting in Truckee. It's not for a lack of want. It's not for a lack of determination from everyone who I'm looking at. And a plea to the parents of other young people who were at that party to ask them if they know anything. And put yourself in their shoes and be courageous for them. As the hours tick away, authorities believe the other party goers could hold clues to Kylie's whereabouts that have been tough to come by so far.
we certainly hope so. And, you know, Luke, people have been asking, why did they not declare an Amber Alert in this case? Yeah, that's a question that we actually posed to Placer County Sheriff's Office. They say that uh, it met three of the four conditions for an Amber Alert, but they say that uh, there's no evidence that she was abducted. And that's why this case fall short of that Amber Alert, Chris. Mm, they don't know for certain that she was right. abducted. They think that she might have been in this case. And they they're investigating. Right, exactly. And they're investigating as, as though it were an abduction, but they said that they do not have evidence that shows that mm. specifically. It's something we are going to continue tracking. We are hoping for a positive solution here. She was having. You know, folks, um, one of the things, and Phil mentioned a, a bunch of things, is that you can't discount, could she have another boyfriend? Could she have went off with another boyfriend? I Apparently, that's very much out of her character. But I've, I've interviewed many parents during my police career that said, oh, no, she would never do that. And the girl did exactly what they said she would never do. So you just got to keep. And, and one, of the, one of the things that I always like to do in an investigation, there was 300 people in that par at that party. I'm going to interview every single one of them. I'm going to find every single one of them. Someone knows something. The answer is there. Uh, and I'm going to try to find every single one of them. Now, we got a little uh, we got a little bit of a handicap because we don't have her cell phone. And, of course, a cell phone with the contents of it, a cell phone is a built-in GPS. How about the, the Honda? Does the Honda maybe have its own built-in GPS? Maybe it does not because or are the police not telling us everything? Another thing I would be looking for are license plate readers. Has the car passed some locations that have license plate readers that can identify the car was moving? We got the car moving on this road at this and that time, but we don't have any of that information right now. Um, again, the tips log, we got to just keep, you got to keep working. It's in the beginning, you have to work the hardest and not give up. Of course, Billy. Um one of the things that uh, you brought up, and I'm going to expand a little bit on it, the Department of Transportation in New York City, there's cameras all over New York City, and all you have to do is punch in the license plate, and it'll tell you different locations. It's been used a lot in disappearance cases recently. Uh, you know, it, it, as a, a vehicle travels, it, get, it gives an exact date and time that the vehicle went through the intersection. So that might be something worth looking into. Um, even though the cell phone is turned off, you brought up something that she could have someone else in her life. That's going to be very important. I would look at the messages on that phone. That's going to be very important. It's going to have to go through the, the cell phone company. But in a situation like this, where a young girl is missing, it's a matter of life and death. As the hours tick on, they could probably get an emergency subpoena, get those rec records a lot quicker than normally. And uh, that'll paint a, a good picture of the background on this young lady, who she was speaking with. Uh, if she only had the one boyfriend, the text messages probably would show that. Uh, there might be some conversations with friends that might indicate what she was planning on to do that, that night. That might also put the police in the right direction as far as, uh, you know, doing interviews and finding out what, what her location is. And, Bill, I could not agree with you more. I don't care if it was 500 people at that party. Every person is getting spoken to by a detective. The littlest thing that they give us might be the key to the whole case. 100%. Janice Morton, can law enforcement get a warrant for all the phones of these kids who showed up at the party? The answer is no. They need to get a warrant on anything. You need probable cause. So you just can't get warrants unless you have probable cause uh, that a crime is committed. That goes for a search warrant too, you know. 
Um, yeah, but Bill, the first kid that said, no, I'm not going to let you look through my phone, that might be the kid I would try to get a, a subpoena run. You know what I mean? Right, but, I just, but you can't, as a fishing, yeah. fishing expedition, just go yeah. through everyone's phone. Yeah, you got to uh, meet the legal requirements, obviously. Yeah, it's, I mean, it, the technology is so important, uh, and that's why it's, they're at such a handicap right now, not having a cell phone that they can track, not having a cell phone that's on. Good afternoon. My name is Angela Musalam. I'm the Public Information Officer for the Placer County Sheriff's Office. Uh, before we begin, we'd like to remind everybody that we're limiting each reporter question down to two questions, please, for the interest of time. Uh, we really need to get our first responders back out to the search uh, to fulfill their mission to help find Kylie. I'm joined today by multiple law enforcement agencies who we are assisting and who are assisting us. Um, that includes the Nevada County Sheriff's Office. The I'm not hearing that too well. So uh, if I'm it's not hearing it, I, I, yeah. I, I don't think you guys were hearing it too well. Um, so, you, yeah. This family must be going through at this point. This is just terrible. It's giving me flashbacks of uh, Gabby Petito and Summer Wells. It's It's just unbelievable. Here we go again, you know, Bill. Yeah, no, it's 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 outrageous. Uh, I just want to play a little bit of this. Bill, is my audio coming through okay? No, it's very low. Okay. The search and rescue crews in Truckee plan to keep searching for a missing 16-year-old girl. Kylie Rodney was last seen early Saturday morning at a high school party at a local campground. Her silver Honda CRV is also missing, and that's led investigators to suspect she may have been abducted. More than 150 members of search and rescue teams, as well as volunteers, are combing through the area where she was last seen. I think the biggest message I can say is that we're leaving no stone unturned. We're really working as hard as we possibly can. Uh, teams are are tired, much like the, the family, and uh, we're trying to do our best so that we're supporting the family. Officials say the last time Kylie's cell phone pinged was at 12.33 a.m. She had called her mother just about 15 minutes before that. Crews are also searching Lake Prosser, which is part of the campground, in case she got into some sort of vehicle accident. You know, there's any possibility to this uh, that you cannot, you, you know, you that expression, you got to think out of the box. It's so true because anything could have happened, you know, but it concerns, it concerns law enforcement. It concerns me. Why is her cell phone off? And why have we not found this car? And I think that a great deal of the search probably should be done by the air. You know, we could use some drones. This sounds like it might possibly be a job for Midwest. Actually, now you'd have to get California Equus because it's in the West Coast. The Equus search people because uh, they could use some drones up there to help them out. Uh, Billy, this is the time to have the friend in the media. The media needs to be all over this thing. That car should be plastered on every news channel for at least a couple of days. Pictures of that car, pictures of this young girl. Uh, you know, we need the media's help in this case whether it be print media, social media, uh, the local news, I would be hitting every one of them. Even if you have to go to the national media, this is a story that needs some media attention. A lot of times, uh, 
in cases like this, someone spots the car, it's in a location that might be a little desolated or whatever, or they spot the young lady, hopefully. And uh, a tip, you know, like you said, the tips log, that's all going to be very, very important. I just hope that there's enough manpower behind this case. And if there isn't, they need to enlist the help of uh, state police, uh, FBI, whoever. This is a, a lot of work seems like uh, needs to be done if it's not being done already. But uh, again, I'd want to have that picture of that vehicle on the media. Uh, keep repeating uh, for a couple of news cycles, at least for a couple of days, I'd say. Uh, Daily Wonder, can you get a warrant for her phone like records? Yes, you could. Under the 100%. emergency exception, you could get uh, a search warrant for her phone because it absolutely 100 percent is uh, is an emergency. Uh, Carrie G, it's kind of strange how they haven't shown a pic or still shot of her at the party, right? Just the one of her where she was at the store or, or wherever around 6 p.m. Well, I mean, I don't know if it's a, it, maybe is there a chance that no one took a picture of her other than that photo that we're seeing from that store? I mean, it's a, it's, it's a, it's a possibility. Yeah. It's maybe not the odds were that someone would have taken a picture of her, but I don't think it's anything that they're trying to hide. I don't think so either, Billy, but I got to agree with Carrie about uh, that there should be, they should put out a five second clip of her from that party. If they want to exist. And then also whether it be the police department or the family, put up a reward. Money talks sometimes, even if it's there's five Phil, There's dollars. a $50,000 reward. Okay, good. The reward is up. Okay, beautiful. Good, good. Here's, here's the missing person flyer. Uh, Money opens a lot of doors, you know, Bill? I Yeah, I know the picture on the right was from that night about 6.30 p.m. It was from a, uh, a camera at a business. I don't know if it was a video camera that they made a still from. That apparently is probably because it's not the greatest picture uh i don't know when this picture was taken that's her vehicle you got to realize that she's only 16 years old she's a young she's a kid she's a kid really that's a baby so i mean there's a anything is possible as to what occurred here and i think we got to keep an open mind on this um vet girl uh vet girl rw bus thank you for the 1999 super chat do you think it is odd a friend is telling teens to bring any information to her and she is filtering information for law enforcement? If that were my daughter, I would keep her off YouTube. Conflicting information could be a huge problem. 100%. You know, it, it's law enforcement do, does use people as resources, people that know her, people that can bring people that know her, people that know things about her. Uh, so that's not strange to me. Uh, in this world of social media, can it get a little discombobulated and the, the information wind up like telephone? Absolutely. But uh, this, this is an emergency situation. Obviously, she's been missing now uh, since Saturday. Uh, so it's, it's, it's no joke. It's really a, a very, very serious situation. Anybody that's close to this young girl and they're having uh, text messages or any kind of conversation via email or social media, I would say my my uh, if I were to lead detective on this case, I would tell them keep conversations going, keep lines of communication open. Any information that comes in might be the key to the whole case. So yes, I definitely agree with you there, Bill. I'd say listen, keep talking. Uh, we don't want anybody interviewing 
uh, primaries in a case and stuff like that. We've gone through that before in previous cases. But in a situation like this, we have a missing teen. Every hour that passes, it, it, it gets more and more uh, desperate for her that she'll be found safe and sound. So again, any information that comes through that uh, wire, I'm on it. I would love to have as much as possible. And like I said, if there's people talking, let them keep talking because somebody might remember something, you know, and say, wait a second, I saw her here or there. Or I saw her with someone. And that's going to be the key to the case. Bill, the baffling thing to me is where is the car? You know, yeah. where is the car right now? The car hasn't shown up. We understand the cell phone is off. Uh, you know, the car is baffling to me. Is it in someone's garage somewhere? Is it hidden off the road somewhere? I mean, they did check the lakes and stuff to see if maybe she had a vehicle accident and the car was in, in the lake. But I don't think they've been successful in, in locating it yet. Uh but that is baffling. This is where family and friends have spent the entire day and into the evening, hoping that people will come by with some information that the sheriff's department can use. Now, her friends want people to know there were hundreds of people at this party that you mentioned, and someone has to know something, but they want to you know, stress that no one's getting hundreds of people. That's what we were talking about before. I want to interview every single one of them, you know, and that's one of the reasons cell phone footage is so important. Because when someone says, I wasn't there, and you got a picture of them there, then you can drag them and say, How, who is this? And, you know, let them know, stop the bullshit. All right? I know you were there. What are you hiding? I mean, that used to happen all the time. When I would go to the scene of a homicide, I would sometimes photograph the crowd. Because, Absolutely, Billy. And, uh, you know, and uh, a couple of days later, or a day, I, the guy would say, I wasn't even there, and I'd show him the picture. There you are, right in the crowd there. Yeah, yeah. You know, and one other thing too, Billy, uh, these kids are going to be reluctant to talk to law enforcement because of possible drug interaction, who is marijuana, pills, whatever. But I would make it very, very clear. I'm not here to investigate narcotics or narcotic sales or anything like that. I'm here to investigate a missing person that could have met with foul play. Let's get that point across. That's one of the things to open the lines of communication up with whoever was at that party. But great point, Billy going to get into any trouble. There was alcohol and some drug use by some of the people there. Law enforcement is not interested in that. No one is going to tell their parents. They simply want to get that information that could help them bring Kylie back home safely. Friends and family of 16-year-old Kylie Rodney gathered at the Truckee Rec Center to support one another and pray for her safe return home. The rec center has become ground zero for coordinating their searches, along with giving and receiving any information on Kylie's whereabouts. I have kind of a combination of fear and horror and disbelief. It's that punch to the gut kind of feeling only a mother can know when her child goes missing. She last saw Kylie Friday morning before leaving for hot August nights in Reno. Kylie decided to attend a senior farewell party at the Prosser family campground just off Highway 89. We got home around 11 and she sent me a text at 11.30 telling me that she was going to be leaving at about 12.15 and coming home. And that was, I asked her to wake me up when she got in that was always kind of you know like what we did and um and she said okay mama love you and that was the last
The party was only supposed to be open to those in the Truckee Tahoe region, but word got out to Grass Valley, Reno, and the Bay Area. It grew to be way, way larger than ever expected. Within the only 10 minutes that I was there, I literally had a group of five guys try to come get me to take as many like um, bong rips as I could, uh, like forcefully without my boyfriend present. There was a lot of guys that did approach us. Definitely, I was getting a gut feeling during that that party that something something just didn't feel right with the amount of people that were there and how old some of these people were from the amount of people who did show up. I it was scary. It was really scary. Kylie's 2014 silver Honda CRV is also missing. The Placer County Sheriff's Office is investigating her disappearance as a possible abduction. Because nobody has said that they saw her leave, they can't say for sure what's happened. But she wants her daughter to know what's in her heart along with this plea. Kylie, I love you so, 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 so much, and I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry, and we're doing everything that we can, and, and, and if you have her, please, please give me my baby back. Oh, that's just so heartbreaking. Now, the search for Kylie will continue tomorrow morning at 8 a.m. from the Prosser staging area. That is just off of Highway 89. There's at least 100 searchers expected to be there. Reporting live from Truckee tonight, Rowena Shaddix, Fox 49. You know, so you heard that uh, some people from other towns came, and this made the girls very nervous. There was some very aggressive guys there uh I, we've had those type of things happen in the city where a group of people say from one area would have a party and it would get out on social media and next thing you know there was hundreds of people there and, and many people that didn't know each other and that's when the danger comes in at these do they call these rave parties or something like that there's you know, jump up there's raves jump there's ups yeah I'm, they, I'm showing my age but uh so that um these type of things can be very dangerous. And you heard these girls saying they were approached by a bunch of guys they didn't know. So, um, you know, the possibility for something uh, egregious to have occurred is very real. Billy, that interview right there, I'd be targeting, trying to identify. She said in the first five minutes she was approached several times. I'd be trying to identify who those people were, those guys. And I think that might be the key to the whole puzzle. Uh, I'd want to know their whereabouts. I'd look through their cell phones, uh, hard interviews. Those people that were aggressive are going to be key to the whole thing. And again, as the reporter stated, I said it right before the reporter, the, the fact that there was possibly uh, illegal drinking, underage drinking, whatever, and narcotics use, that's really not what we're here for. We're here for... The, to, to safe return of Kylie, the safe return of Kylie and to find her whereabouts. Uh, and again, if I have to uh, get tough with people on the narcotics route to get them to talk, then I'll do that too. But uh, really I'd want cooperation from everybody that was at that party. And uh, let's find out where she is, when she left and what happened to her. Search and Rescue operates off of the information that we have available to us, um, the way that we develop that information and design our search areas and our, and our objectives is based off of the clues that we receive from the field while we're searching. 
And the second way that we receive our information is through the development uh, of the investigation. What we need is the community's help in assisting with providing that information on the investigation. And my, what I would encourage you to do is if you have that information, we need the information from the community. We need you to take advantage of that tip line and provide us with additional information. You know, Phil, one thing, and you said it before, one thing I'm seeing a lack of is media. I'm not seeing the media on the scene. The media should be on the scene. They should be showing their presence. They should be getting her photo out there. They should be getting her car out there. I mean, we've, we've seen it. Look, I'm still wounded by that case of Gonzalo Lopez, and that was that escaped inmate in Texas that killed the family of five. I mean, horrendous. And the media was partly to blame for that, that they didn't stay on that case. And it was there were their own public relations people. I'm not blaming the, the, the folks from uh, this county sheriff's office, but they need to get the media on the scene here. They absolutely do. Thank you. And now we're going to have a brief comment from the FBI. I'd like to introduce Supervisory Senior Resident Agent Forrestell. Good afternoon. The FBI has and continues to take um, instances where the most vulnerable are in our society are victimized. And we are very happy that we're able to come alongside and partner with Placer County Sheriff's Department, Nevada County Sheriff's Department. We've been part of the full investigative team. Uh, as of today, we had approximately 50 other agents up here helping run down uh, some of those priority informations and leads that have come through. Um, and we are going to continue to partner with both agencies as we see this through. So thank you for your time. Now I'd like to introduce Placer County Sheriff's Captain Troy Sander and Nevada County Sheriff's Office Captain Sam Brown, who have both been in charge of the Unified Command uh, since we have learned of Kylie's disappearance. Folks, someone actually in the chat came up with a really brilliant thing, and I don't know uh, much about this. He probably knows more than me. Jaguars hooligan, time to run geofencing to identify all the cell phones in the area and cross-reference against RSAs. What he's referring to, they have the technology at a specific time to run all the cell phones in the area of a very specific area at a specific time. That is a lead. It's very, Technologically, it's... It's the highest level of tech you can get, but the FBI's on board, so they can pay for stuff like this. And that's, uh, a, that's a cell tower dump. Uh, yeah, Jaguars hooligan. Thank you for that suggestion. Yeah, the the only problem it could be is that there could be thousands and thousands in the area. But again, if you have a narrow time, if you have a specific time, you could go two minutes before, two minutes after, and narrow it down, and then you'll have a a, a complete list of everyone that was in the area. Well, 12.30 a.m. on Saturday was the last time they, her mother heard from her. That might be a good time to start yep. that cell tower dump. Well, know? I would start it from right around that time until the time the, t the phone went off. When the phone uh, shuts off or the phone stops working, whatever it is, uh, I would definitely make that the window, you know? I think you're right. Uh, good afternoon, everybody. Sam Brown. I'm a captain with the Nevada County Sheriff's Office. Uh, first off, 
I really just want to say thank you uh, for the partnership that we've had in our unified command. Uh, Placer County is always a, a great partner and helps us out quite a bit and is able to help us expand in the abilities of what we can do in a situation like this. I mean, there's so many agencies to list realistically, but Truckee Police Department, CHP, the FBI, I mean, it, the list goes on and on. And we have a lot of people that are here giving support and, and folks in the field. Uh, between our 100 or 150-ish uh, law enforcement officials, we have about 100 searchers in the field and people uh, such as yourselves that are coming out and providing all the community support. That's that's really what's gonna be needed to help to, to hopefully find some clues or some solutions on, on where we're at and how do we move forward. Uh, I think the biggest message I can say is that we're leaving no stone unturned. We're really working as hard as we possibly can. Uh, teams are, are tired, much like the, the family, and uh, we're trying to do our best so that we're supporting the family. We've tried to re meet with them regularly and make sure that they have uh, our contact information, and we're trying to be as transparent as possible uh, and, and continue on in our, our investigation and our search. Uh, again, I just really want to thank everybody for the partnership, and then we're going to continue working uh, throughout this process and, and hopefully come up with some positive news that we can bring back to all of you. Thank you. Troy Sander, Placer Sheriff. We're all here for one reason, and we appreciate the community support. We care. Many of us are parents. We're involved. We're committed, and we will stay committed. Um, I want to reiterate, reiterate our relationship with Nevada County Sheriff's Office, the FBI. We really appreciate their help. They've come in to help us streamline this process, make it more efficient, make sure we're doing the right things based on best practices. So thank you very much to them. I'd also like to thank the California Highway Patrol for allowing us to house our operations center here, for one, to be close to the Truckee community, more importantly, to be close to the family. So I leave you with a point that I want everyone to know. There's a lot of information coming out there and a lot of people are asking questions. If you have to ask yourself whether or not you should share some information about what happened, you've already answered the question. No information is too small. Every piece of information we're gonna to put together to build a puzzle, to continue to push forward, to allow the machine to turn. We're not gonna back down. We're 100% committed and I appreciate You know, the captain's doing the right thing. He's asking for help from the public. They need information from the public. Kimberly Myers, welcome to uh, the Police Off the Cuff YouTube family. Thank you so much for joining up with us. We could use all the support we can get. Uh, Phil, I think it's time to do the, the Joe Murray. Uh... The monologue. Yeah. Joe Murray, attorney at law. Have you found yourself in a jam? Are you in need of legal counsel in the New York area? Do you need a victim's advocate? <clears throat> Excuse me. Joe Murray is your man. He's not only an experienced trial attorney, he's also a retired 15-year member of the NYPD. He literally knows both sides of defense. His website is jmurray-law.com. His telephone number is 646-838-1702, or you could email Joe at joe at jmurray-law.com. Joe's been advertising with us for quite some time, and if you'd like to advertise with us, please give us an email at policeoffthecuff, number one, at gmail.com. That's policeoffthecuff, the number one, at gmail.com. Our rates are very reasonable. We have a national as well as an international audience, and it might be the right thing for your business. You know, folks, one of the things that we like to use our, um, our police expertise here and these, I've been on a lot of these major searches. I've been on Amber Alerts. I've been, of course, on homicide perp searches, uh, fugitive searches. And the tools you use are, are very similar. 
And it's so important, though, in, on these cases, a potential kidnapping, a potential abduction is to use the community, to use the media, to get the information out there and to get, have a give and take of that information. The police cannot do it alone. They so need your help and, and they're practically begging for it right now. And the other thing I'd like to say is that more police isn't necessarily better. Like when they could say, oh, we have 150, that's not necessarily. Sometimes the best thing is to have a small cohesive group after you do, have done the large searches. You can even get in the NYPD, we'll get kids out of the police academy to do grid searches, you know. But you need a small, sometimes as the investigation moves forward, a smaller group of investigators to fine tune it and to look at all the investigative steps that you need to go over to find this young girl. Billy, I feel certain that there's more to this than is being reported in the media, obviously. Uh, the detectives that are working this case, based on the statements of that girl that was interviewed by the news media saying that she was approached several times, she had a bad feeling, there was a bad vibe at the party. So I think that the detectives would be zeroing in on things like that. Again, I'd be shaking the tree with the local drug dealers. Uh, I'd be you know, going through the warrants division and, and you know, getting people who have warrants parolees. I would be doing a lot of different things like that, shaking the tree to try and find out because somebody was there that night. They may have saw something and then there's rumor, there's innuendo and there's talk. And when you have someone who's on parole or who is a drug dealer, you have a little leverage on them that might compel them to tell you things that ordinarily might not come to the surface, so to speak. So again, those are the different uh, investigative steps I'd be taking at this point. Again, we feel like there's some type of foul play here. This young girl is missing all these hours, all these days, and it's very unusual for her. So I think that uh, you have to pull out all the stops. You're making a good point, Billy. After the big searches are over, you want to keep a uh, a close group of of uh, very determined and very you know a real expert detectives to look into this thing. And obviously, if you need more manpower, you need other things being done while everyone else is busy, then you you do that. You know, and you have the FBI involved, like you said, Bill. They have the deep pockets to get these uh, cell phone companies to give uh, like a cell tower dump. Those are very, very expensive, but the FBI can get it done. They have the deep pockets. So all of that probably is already being done, may already be done. I'm just hoping and praying that this uh, young girl is found safe and sound. It's just another another horrific uh, situation that we're going through here. Vet girl RW bus. Why didn't the FBI label her endangered instead of Amber Alert? FBI just listed her missing. She doesn't fit the criteria for Amber Alert. There's one, uh, I think there's five uh, criteria for an Amber Alert. I think that there has to be evidence of an abduction. Right. Or she cannot be listed as an Amber Alert. Um, they could probably do some type of an alert on the vehicle. And again, I was talking about that through the media. That should be being done. Maybe not so much as an Amber Alert, but possibly they could do an Amber Alert on the vehicle. The fact that she's missing all these hours and the vehicle hasn't been found, there needs to be a big media press on that for sure, Billy. Emma T, do you think law enforcement can look for her and the car at the cabins nearby? Of course. Absolutely. They can They can. Knock on every door. That's called the canvas. They, I'm not saying they can search people's homes, but they can certainly knock on people's doors. They can look in people's yards. 
Uh, you know, one of the things Phil said early and earlier, and I I live my investigative career as a boss with this word, and it's called victimology. And he brought that up before. And really what it means is the study of the victim. Is there something in the victim's background that we're overlooking that the answer to this case may smack us right in the face? You know what I mean? And you can't think that, oh, she's a great, she's a wonderful girl. She would never do, you can't think like that. You have to think that anything is possible. And I don't want to disparage her reputation whatsoever. But as an investigator, you have to think that anything and everything is a possibility. Did she have another boyfriend that she met at this event? Could that have happened? I'm not saying she did, but could it have happened? Yes, it could have. It could have. And that's one of the reasons when you use that term victimology, who's going to know the most about this missing girl? No, not her mom, not her mom, not her dad, her friends, her friends. So you want to interview her friends in great depth, in great depth, and more than once, not just one time, more than once. The hard information comes from hard interviews. Absolutely, Billy. And I've used this term before. In a case like this, if I upset someone and I don't get a Christmas card this year, I'm okay with that because I'm fighting for the victim. I want to find this young lady. And you brought up some really good points there too, Billy. And even we don't know what her home life was like. Maybe there's a, a, a father or a stepfather or a brother or friends of the brother. I'd be looking in that direction too. I want to eliminate everyone close to her from the start. I want to work my way from the victim and move outward on a case like this. When, when we come to a dead end with, uh, you know, she, whether she left the party, she didn't leave the party. We don't know. Then we got to start somewhere. So we start close to the victim. We get as much information as we can from friends. Like you said, the hard interview with the friends, the friends might be the key to the whole thing right there. But I also want to know about her family, her close relationships in her family. Was there uh, family disputes going on? Was there some type of uh, child abuse in the past? All of those things have to be looked like. And again, these are hard questions, but I would explain to the family, I want to find your daughter. And these are the questions that I need to ask. And we can eliminate these things, get them off to the side, and we can move forward to find your daughter. And again, like I said, I've said it before, I don't get the Christmas card. That's okay. You know, I want to know also, and I, you can't tell much from this picture, but was she, was she a drinker? Did she like to drink? Did she like her drugs? Did she smoke her weed? Uh, was she, you know, her friends will know what drugs she uh, likes, if she does use drugs. And is she a drinker? I think it's important to know in that picture, I mean, you can't say for sure. It looks like she possibly could have been drinking in this picture. I can't swear on it, but I, you know, she looks, she looks like she has a smile on her face. Right. She looks happy. I was just going to yeah. say that. She looks very happy. And uh, usually you're almost going to assume, Billy, that it, at this party, they talked about there being drinking. They talk. So you're going to have to assume, unless the kid was one of these kids, no, doesn't touch liquor, never touched a drop of it, doesn't use narcotics. It's possible. But I think if, you know, she is the type of kid that might drink. You're going to have to assume that maybe there was drinking involved. You'll start from there. But I think you'll get the real picture from the friends. You talk to the closest friends. They're going to tell you right away, listen, you know, but away from the mother or whatever it is. Listen, yeah, we were drinking, blah, 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 whatever happened. And you're going to get to the bottom of it. And again, I'm not trying to disparage 
young Kylie or her family or anyone. I want to get to the bottom of it. When I do these type of investigations on a missing persons case, I would always tell the family that respectfully. I'm going to ask you a hard question and it's very necessary that I get the answer and that I ask this question and don't be offended and put it out there and get it done with. And then when you get the right answers, you can eliminate those type of things. You know, you have to work through the process of elimination to find out what happened to this young lady. So that's how you do it. Carrie G, do you think law enforcement wants the friends talking so much online? No, I, I'll tell you that right now. They don't. Uh, I've seen multiple interviews done by Sammy and one of the kids' moms who friends with Sammy has talked on YouTube a few times. We've discussed um, that multiple times on other cases also. Even YouTube content creators who insist on interviewing principals in a case. And we've... Uh, We've spoken about that in great length and in great depth, uh, our disdain towards that. So again, yeah, no, I don't, I don't think people should be talking out in public because that's this is the purview of the professional investigator. Be guided by what the law enforcement officers are telling the people close to this case. If the law enforcement on this case tells a close friend or an associate or a witness, an eyewitness, do not talk to the media, do not go on social media, then you listen. If they instruct you to have conversation with whoever, then you do that. I think that's very important. Let's all be on the same page. Let's try and find this young lady and find out her whereabouts and what happened to her. Isn't that the goal here? Don't we all want the same thing? I mean, that's really what you have to do. You have to listen to law enforcement. Law enforcement is very capable in these types of situations. You have a, a lot of different law enforcement officers that are working on this case using a lot of different technologies and a lot of different assets. So be guided by what they say. If they tell you not to do something, then don't do it. Uh, Delana, that picture uh, was taken at 6.30 p.m. Uh, from a camera at some type of business. So... I don't know exactly what time uh, the party started. If you're like a lot of young people, they don't need to go to the party to drink. They come tuned up. You know, you, if someone goes to a party, they, they get tuned up before they go to the party. So she very well could have been drinking before that picture was taken. Absolutely, Billy. Uh, you know what? It's not about pointing things out like the kid was drinking. It's about finding the kid. So anything that... Uh, comes across as maybe helpful, report it to the police. Get on the phone, report it to the police. There's a $50,000 reward. And listen, she's a beautiful young kid. She doesn't deserve to have anything bad happen to her. So if there's something you know out there, give it to law enforcement. You know, in no way am I indicating that, you know, because she was drinking, that was bad. I'm just saying that lowers your inhibitions and uh, other th things could have happened that might not have happened had she not been drinking. That's the only thing I'm saying. I'm not of course, disparaging her reputation. Look, I drink. I drank when I was 14, 15 years old. You know, and uh, all kids do at this age, Billy. I mean, we're not. Yeah, yeah. Ourselves. I'm not saying it's something that's that unusual. And yeah. kids, that's why kids go to these huge parks and places they can hang out by themselves. Uh, you know, far from the eyes of adults, you know. Unfortunately, that's the truth that we live in in this day and age. And we just want our kids to be safe. Uh, a lot of times parents will host a party and allow the kids to be drinking because something like this won't happen. There won't be strangers coming there and stuff like that. So again, uh, I don't promote or uh, condone uh, underage drinking, but 
you and I both know it, Billy. It's going to happen. So again, we're not disparaging anyone. What we're doing here tonight is we're giving our professional law enforcement opinions on what is probably being done, what we think should be done. And hopefully if there's a possibility that our broadcast gets to a person that knows something and reports it, I mean, nothing could be better in my eyes. It would be true, true uh, professionalism and satisfaction from my standpoint that if, if something like that would happen. So let's just keep our fingers crossed and uh, hope that we can get uh, to the bottom of this and that this family doesn't have to go through another night of uh, wondering where their daughter is or, or their sister or their friend. You know, who planned or who arranged this party is really not all that important because these days parties, like Phil said, pop-up parties. Someone could just go on uh, an internet site, social media site, and say, party, 9 o'clock tonight at such and such a location, and they can get hundreds of people to show up at this party. It's not like when uh, we were kids, guys, and I know maybe you're not as old as me, but it's uh, the world's a different place, and it it makes it less safe that the world is like that. Uh, Emma T, what are your thoughts on the boyfriend and Sammy asking for the tips to come to them first before law enforcement, they can see if the tips, I, I find that horrible. That no should, shouldn't, the, the tips should go right to a officer manning the tips log and he logs them into a log and each tip gets investigated by law enforcement. I don't care for that at all. I think it's a recipe for disaster. Well, if they're asking for tips to come through some social media site and that's impeding uh, a very important investigation, I would get a hold of the social media site and ask for that person's account to be closed or, or, or blocked or whatever it is. That's not the way that this should go. It sounds like they're trying to circumvent maybe drug use or uh, underage drinking or whatever. That's not what law enforcement is here to investigate. Law enforcement is here to find this young lady and find out her whereabouts, and that's it. They don't care about these side things. These side things are not important right now. What's most important is finding Kylie. Absolutely. Miss Ladybug, teens can be sneaky and do things behind parents' backs. My daughter, 39, and the stuff she now tells me still makes me want to ground her. Okay, you put grown her. Ground her. Makes her want to ground her. Ground her. I don't know if that term grounding is used anymore. Maybe it still is, you know. We Uh, use it in my house, Bill. Oh, that's good. You're grounded. That means you're not flying your airplane tonight. You're not going to get you. You're not going out. So, folks, we're uh, going to stay with this this case. Uh, Just before we sign off, I want to say this police off the cuff real crime stories. If you're not subscribed to us, Please go on our YouTube, hit that subscribe button. It's free. Hit the subscribe button, ring that bell, give us a thumbs up. And if you want to support us, we have a Patreon with three different levels, and you can join our Patreon. Or like the people in the green font in the chat are part of our YouTube family, and we have five different levels on our YouTube family, and you can help support this podcast. Folks, uh, this is a, a difficult case. Um, I don't like what I'm seeing here. I don't like what's being presented to us. I've seen it before. And rarely in situations like this, is there a happy ending? Billy, uh, I just want to say that watching the video with a mom uh, breaking down in tears, that was very tough to watch. Uh, I want to extend 
uh, a prayer to that family tonight before I go to bed. I will say a prayer for this young lady and for this family. Uh, anything that I said during the broadcast is stuff that we would try to do to get done. And it was some hard things that I said. Uh, it wasn't meant to disparage anyone or to upset anyone. But I think that uh, these are the things that have to be done. And a lot of times when you come to a family member and you ask them a hard question, they're very eager to answer it. So that way, like I said, they're eliminated as being involved in something nefarious with regard to this young lady. And uh, let's all keep this young girl, Kylie Rodin, in our thoughts and prayers and hope for her safe and uh, healthy return. Absolutely. Folks, be safe. And we say our prayers for Kylie Rodney that she returns safely. God bless, and we'll see you very soon. Stay safe, everyone. One episode, just ain't enough.